everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a show they either grew up with and have seen every episode, or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me is Caitlin. Hi. And Jesse. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> we took a little break. Behind the scenes, we took a little bit of a break. But to you guys, there's probably no break whatsoever, so... Yeah, okay, whatever. We're fresh. I'm just going to blow up our spot every time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's fine. <laughs> I'm here to keep Jessie's us honest. just behind the scenes tea. That's what she's here for. <laughs> that and the fact she's never seen the show before, so we get to surprise her with everything that happens <gasps> in the show. Thank God. <sighs> it's great. All right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about season one, episode 13, Hanging by a Moment. Which I knew this song. I knew it's a song this song. one. I'm here with we all you. Knew this one. <laughs> anyway, you okay there, Caitlin? I'm just, you know, singing. <laughs> I'm jamming. There we go. There we go. All right. So yeah. So we open up the episode with Haley trying to shoot a free throw with Tim as a cheerleader, Nathan shirtless. Whitey calls her two to girl. Oh, it's a dream. Okay. Yeah, she's yeah. having a dream. She's having a, she's will... having a dream. Nightmare. I don't know what call that thing about free throw, and she can't shoot a free throw. I, I forgot say... about that dream. Yeah. And <laughs> let me just say, it was as delightful as I remembered it being. Right? <laughs> I got personal pleasure out of the fact that Whitey called her tutor girl. Everyone, the cheerleaders were calling her Tutor Girl. The crowd yep. was chanting Tutor Girl. So before we even sat down and watched this episode, um, I, I go and get my tea. I go and get my notes notebook. And Ben sits down in the chair, cues it up on Hulu and goes, man, it's been forever since we've hung out with these guys. <laughs> um, oh, God. I love yeah. hot take. <laughs> Ben is also uh, salty so. that we haven't spoken in four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. what y'all don't know is because since this is the first time Jesse is watching the show, she doesn't watch the two episodes that we record every week until two hours before we start recording. So the takes are hot and fresh. Oh, yeah. She's been waiting a month almost. Yeah. Just these takes are hot and fresh out the kitchen. I went on a journey <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so Haley anyway. wakes up and she's like, that's a weird dream. Okay, great, whatever. Then we go to school and Lucas asks Peyton about her dad. And then he asks her about them. And they both admit that they've been feeling guilty. And Peyton says, let's just bury it and pretend it never happened, okay? Great, great. Glad that's solved. Look at uh -huh. Peyton. Good job being a good person. Yep. There we go. There we go. Then we cut to Deb and Dan. They're in counseling again. And literally all Dan does is belittle the therapist about her college <clears throat> choice and then equates having Lucas for a son to a life and death situation with the man stuck under a boulder and had to yeah. chop his own arm off. And then recounts like, the plot of 127 hours. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Before it was even a movie. Right. He is a sociopath. He is Completely. He just continues to be the absolute, absolute worst. Like, yeah. I... I honestly, like, knowing Dan as a sociopath, it's, like, one of those things that I've, like, that obviously I've known for, you know, over a decade now. But, like, re-watching the show, like, and really, really listening to the way he manipulates people and the way he thinks of himself, I'm like, yeah. holy shit, how did this guy 
not like how is this guy not in jail right yeah yeah exactly and then yeah so after that little little lovely thing then we get lucas moodily putting away his practice jersey in his locker and he's thinking about things and then he storms out of the locker room. He takes goes, off his hey, puka don't shell forget. necklace. He takes off oh, he the does. necklace he that Brooke, the necklace gave, that Brooke him. gave him. Yes, yep. he does. He takes off the necklace and then goes to tell Peyton that he can't bury what happened between them. And Peyton tells him, too, yes, you got to bury it because it's not fair to Brooke. Remember my best friend and your girlfriend? Listen up, bud. Yeah. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. And so to prove, he proves to her that it doesn't mean anything when he just kisses her right there in the middle of the hallway. You know, Just, where, where nobody is going to watch. Nobody no, saw that. Nobody's going to notice nobody, that at all. No. Nobody who wants to get in Queen Brooke Davis's good graces is going to go and run and tell her she saw her best friend and her boyfriend making out in the hallway. Right. right. I'm sure. Are, like, extremely popular, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I'm sure everyone in this super small town is just going to mind their own business. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he yeah. kisses her, and then she stops, and then she kisses him again. And Ugh. yeah, yeah. And then they both say, well, it can't mean anything, but, but it does. It but does. It, uh, and then Lucas, uh, what are we going to do? That was my impression. That was my impression, Peyton Sawyer. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Oh, I, I will say I do generally like Peyton, but the episodes in which she pulls this shit, I don't particularly care for her and this is why when i was a teenager i was so pro brooke and lucas because brooke would never like yes brooke is you know she's a lot of things but at the end of the day she's the loyalist fucking friend in the world yeah and like she could never dream of doing something like this to peyton and peyton thinks about it and then does it anyway and i'm just like yeah I mean, yeah, I well, I was say, like, Lucas, Lucas tells Peyton that ever since that Lucas time, does manipulate the ever loving shit out of her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, he does say that ever since that moment in the bedroom where, you know, it was like literally it was the cliffhanger and we waited for an entire week before they actually resolved each other, you know, in his bedroom where it was Peyton and Lucas <laughs> and Brooke and they literally. each other. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, ever since then that he's been hiding behind Brooke as his girlfriend, and he's done hiding. He wants to be with Peyton, and she admits to him that that's what she wants as well. I just made a really awful face, and my dog is staring at me like, bro, you okay? Like, <laughs> right? He literally is just sitting here, and I made that face, and he, like, looked at me like, what? <laughs> you all right? Like, did the head tilt and everything. Bro? Bro, so, everything that's, okay? That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Then we cut to Lucas in his room typing on an ancient ass computer. Like I oh, didn't even realize how old so that computer good. was until I looked at it. I was like, so oh my good. god, it's so good. Think yeah. about it. It's and 2003. Halo. It's probably a Windows oh, yeah. 97. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Haley comes to Lucas for help on her free throw problem. And like the best friend that he is, he turns her down. Tells her no. He tells her no. He's got plans with Brooke and Peyton. Yeah. But then also being a best friend, he almost tells Haley everything going on. But then Brooke just like storms in and interrupts everything. So he clams up and doesn't tell her anything. Yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. That, that, uh, that 
entry from the outdoors is really starting to be an issue in that Lucas door, Scott's life. That goddamn door. He really does. To lock that goddamn door. It would solve so many of his problems. <laughs> Karen needs Honestly. to deadbolt it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or just like seal it shut. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a fire. He can go through the window. Yep. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Then we go to something completely different, which is Keith and Whitey. And Keith is there to pre-congratulate Whitey on his upcoming 500th win as a coach. And Whitey drops a bombshell on him that he's thinking about stepping down after he gets his 500th win. No! Whitey! Sad times. Sad times. You know, he says the fact that he was going to only coach for, you know, 20-some years, and then he was going to go live his life with his wife, who, you know, passed away. And, you know, he's like, he's, I think he's done. He's like, I, I'm done. I've, I've accomplished my goals. I want to retire. I'm done. But it's still sad. Still yeah. sad. Um, one thing we did find out while Lucas was jamming away on his, uh, his old-ass computer was that Karen's coming home. We didn't know that yeah. she was coming home before that scene. Yes, it's been six weeks, and Karen is coming home. She's had her baby. Hey, hey, hey. She is. It's been long enough for Moira Kelly to <laughs> pop out a baby and lose the baby weight. Yep. Oh, and get a haircut. My God, I didn't even recognize her. But that's right? for she later. So <laughs> I thought anyway. they replaced the actress for a minute. I'm like, <laughs> Moira? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So then we cut to Nathan. Who is coming down to the river court to help Haley with her free throw. And she's like embarrassed. She's like, no, you can't help me. No, I don't want to look stupid in front of you. No, 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 no. And Nathan I'm right and his- there with her, man. Like, <laughs> if I were Haley, the last person that I would want to help me learn how to shoot a free throw or a free shot or whatever she calls it. <laughs> free shot. My superstar basketball boyfriend. For the exact the same reason that she I have the want to do it. If I have the best to be able to teach me, like you're going to teach me, all right? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. And Nathan's retort is probably one of my favorite things ever about you know because she doesn't want to look stupid in front of him, and he says, "But I've seen you in that ugly knitted poncho. The poncho gets a mention. The poncho shade was real. Ugh. See, Nathan remembers the poncho. Yeah, I, and he Everybody still likes her anyway. Yeah. It just did not offend me as much as it offended everyone else. <laughs> like, and Jesse, the real question is, what does that say about you? No, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> completely aware and secure. In, I just, as a 30 year old woman, she is very secure in her fashion choices. Yeah, which no, good for you. My <laughs> that ugly ass poncho. My resolution, resolution, Jesus. So we've recently had a new year. My resolution this year is I'm only making or thrifting my clothes. I'm not purchasing any new clothes this year. So I might show up to a podcast recording in a Haley James poncho. I and, hope you. Uh, I, if you do, you do. I will love you forever. Yeah, just don't don't count it out because 2021 is homemade clothes for Jesse. And uh, the Haley James poncho is uh, is it. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just general adorableness between Nathan and Haley, because that's pretty much what we get from them now at this point is yeah. adorable. They're adorable together. But, yeah, then we go to uh, Keith and Deb. 
at the cafe and they're both very excited that Karen's coming back and Deb laments to Keith about Dan and she's not sure that she and Dan can get back to where they used to be. And Keith's like, what's that? And she said, in love. Okay. Okay. Right. And right after we do that, then we see a, a, um, a scene of Dan flirting with some beach whore named Carrie. Carrie, too close to Karen. Too much. Carrie the beach whore. But she's, she's an not adult, called a beach whore yet, but she does get called a beach whore. So she's going to be called beach whore Carrie this whole time. Great. But at least she's an adult this time. I am. She is. She's an adult. <laughs> well, hey, good for, good for me. not a 21-year-old bartender this time. Right. Or a 19-year-old waitress. Like, it's a grown-ass woman. And then we come back to our favorite love triangle. Uh, Brooke and Lucas come over to help Peyton redo her room. Because apparently Peyton can't have the same kind of room for, like, more than five episodes before they decide they need to change it again. She's got to keep those uh, webcam viewers on their toes, you know? I guess the art department and the designers really got bored and they kept asking the creator, can we, like, redo somebody's room again, please? Please? (laughs) give us something to do thank you uh, so yeah well, and this is a hot take has anybody else noticed now that we're bringing up the number of times that Peyton has rearranged her room and redone her room that she changes her room and I'm this is something that I'm genuinely noticing for the first time now like now that we're talking about it she changes her room when she's going through a crisis mm-hmm. yeah that makes and sense. I've never noticed that before until just now where I'm like, wow, she's changed her room a lot. And then I think, well, the first time she changed her room was it was because she was going through the thing about Thud Magazine. And then the next time she changed her room, it was because she told Lucas no and he started dating Brooke. And now she's changing her room because she made out with Lucas and he's dating Brooke. <laughs> well, and her dad had a near-death experience. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, also that. <laughs> Yeah, I've honestly never noticed any of these room changes. This is a little minor thing where we mention her dad at the very beginning of the episode, and then yep. it's not mentioned ever again because yeah. who needs parents He's in this show fine. unless you're a Scott? Yep. The only parents that matter are Deb and Karen and Dan, unfortunately. Like, and Jake, because he's a dad. And, J- and Jake, Jake, and Jake, Jake, uh, Jake, Jake, Daddy, Jake, Jake. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Daddy, Jake, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. so while they're there Peyton tells Lucas that she feels guilty and they decide then okay fine they're gonna tell her tonight that you know they want to be together and hopefully she'll understand and while you know girls are so understanding at that age <laughs> right exactly 17 year old girls are very understanding and rational Especially Fine. when their best friend wants to fuck their boyfriend. So exactly. to be fair, as a 30-year-old woman, if my best friend came to me and were like, hey, so um, me and your boyfriend have been doing this, I'd probably knock her out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. either I still have the maturity level of a 17-year-old girl, or that's just something that's not changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will leave that up to interpretation. <laughs> yeah. So but while they are removing Peyton's furniture out of her room so they can paint and everything, and Lucas is out of the room because he's lifting a bed because, you know, broody strong, oh, according to Brooke. Strong. Because strong. he's broody. That's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> broody. Go see. T- show us what you can do, broody. And he moves a mattress. Ooh. Such a manly man. 
<laughs> Brooke tells Peyton that she's falling hard for Lucas. And in that very moment, Peyton backs out of telling Brooke anything and kicks them both out. And it's like, I don't feel well. We'll just do this later. It's fine. We're just, not, no, we're not doing anything tonight. It's fine. She says she <laughs> forgot paintbrushes. It's like, yep. okay, artist girl doesn't have paintbrushes. Right. right. Like, super believable. Yeah. Hey, but uh, Brooke does believe it, so it's fine. Hey, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All good. <sighs> yeah. It just makes me so sad how, like, Highly Brooke thinks of people. She trusts how, them so much. Yeah. She does. And how, and how poorly she gets treated in return. <laughs> I would just like to say that if I were Brooke Davis's wife, <laughs> this would never happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yeah, so after that, Peyton goes to Haley for advice. And she kind of admits to Haley that, you know, she's got all these friends, but there's none that she can actually talk to. And Peyton tries to explain to Haley what's going on sort of without telling her. And Haley really doesn't give her any advice except basically like, yeah, you kind of should feel bad. Cause you know, you want to date your best friend's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then we go to Whitey back in his office and we find this list that Whitey made. And on the list, it says coach for 20 years win 500 games and make a difference. So then Nathan comes in because Whitey wanted to talk to him and Whitey asks him, you know, if he's ever made a difference to Nathan and Nathan kind of doesn't really get it and says something offhanded about, you know, a stance or something like that. And for basketball and Whitey's upset about it and then just kind of shoves him off and says, Oh yeah, these plays are look at the plays in this folder and, you know, talk to me later or whatever. Well, Whitey didn't realize that that piece of paper that had his list on it was in the playbook. Yeah. And so Nathan's- but it's like, yeah, is anyone going to say no when asked directly, have I made a difference in your life? Like, especially when it's Whitey. Like, if, if even if the answer is no, like, of course, even if he didn't other- understand the question, Nathan's not going to say no. Like, he's going to say, oh, basketball. Yeah, basketball. You know? I just, I think, I think his answer was not what Whitey was hoping for. Well, yeah. Like he wanted a 17 year old boy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway. So yeah. So then we cut to Dan going over to um, his former home (laughs) and inviting Nathan to the (laughs) beach house for steaks. But Nathan's helping Haley with her free shots. (laughs) <laughs> as she still puts it and kind of says no i got plans with Haley. sorry you know and yeah it was a weird random little thing of like oh yeah no dan you can't just have your son right now because he's got a girlfriend it's fine yeah he's yeah. a teenager you can't just spring teenager. stuff on him exactly yeah. but yeah but the thing to I remember like how- dan has steaks that he's going to grill dan has remember steaks. that they're planting seeds no, he walks up and he's like, how's my house? And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Like, yep. It's the worst opening line ever. Like, maybe I... try again. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have a quick little montage of Nathan finding Whitey's list in the playbook. And Haley successfully shooting a free throw. Granny style, mind you. Granny style. Because Nathan said it would need, it would take desperate measures to make her shoot the free throw so she shot at granny style and you know 
passed PE, apparently. So she's all good. GPA's intact. Okay. That doesn't show anything about your basketball skills. That's... Also, when I was in high school, GPA... uh, Gym class did not affect your GPA. Nope. It was a pass-fail. Right. Yeah. It was... You got an A A through F grade, but it did not affect your GPA at all. Ours was pass-fail. Literally, the only way you would fail is if you didn't show up. Right. Yeah, you would you would get an automatic C in the class if you sucked at everything, failed all yeah. your presidential fitness tests, and, but still showed up every day and remembered your gym clothes, you know? Granted, like, I went to a school where literally I was missing one PE credit, but I had so many extracurriculars that, t- that took actual time out of my classes. Like I had ag, I had band, I had choir, mm-hmm. I had drama, all that stuff that they literally allowed me to take an online PE class. Love it. I love that. It was so great. Yeah. Well, my yeah. school did um, block scheduling every, like 100% of the year. So we mm. only had to take eight weeks of gym in a year. And wow. yeah. So we had like eight weeks of every day, like 80 minute gym classes. And then we were done for the rest of the year. So we only had to take gym for a semester. Yeah. Like in high school, we took it for one semester and like that was it. They made us take it for a full year freshman year, and then I needed one more semester of it. And by the time mm-hmm. my senior year rolled around and I had a bunch of other crap and I was like really good at all the other crap, you know, when you make all state choir and, you know, state band. Ooh, all like, state choir. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't that That's hard. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were like, oh, okay, I guess you want to stick with those, don't you? We can't really kick you out of one of those to do a PE class, can we? I'm like, nope. You're not Nuh-uh. gonna. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. So, speaking of Dan and Stakes, he's starting up the grill when Keith shows up randomly to see how Dan is doing after that, you know, lovely birthday dinner slash birthday breakfast from hell. I, I have a I have a question. Before okay. that, do we get a shot of Keith like arranging flowers in Karen's kitchen? Does that come before yes. Keith goes and checks on yes. Dan? Because you are it was correct. Yes. that moment, I got really concerned that Karen was going to come home with an Italian boyfriend. I want you all to know the journey I was on today. Yes. I was so very scared that Karen was going to come home with an Italian boyfriend. That Keith was going to show up to the airport for this big dramatic gesture. And Karen was going to be like arm and arm. Karen was going to have Paolo on her arm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why are they <laughs> only Paolo? Because of the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> but it's not just Lizzie McGuire. It's Lizzie McGuire. It's Friends. Yeah. I can't remember all of them. But any Italian guy ever. His name is Paolo. Pa- Paolo. Yeah. Yes. No. So yeah. that is, uh, as we're going into the rest of this episode, is Karen has an Italian boyfriend. Karen, Karen learned to cook and she also got herself an Italian man. An Italian sausage. Eh. Thanks, I hate That's it. That's disgusting. <laughs> no, anyway. Anyway. That, yeah. that, I just well, needed he, to make he, sure we He hangs up a that. banner and he puts some lovely flowers in a pot. Or in a vase. In a pot. Just like, <laughs> dunks, them, dunks them in a stock pot. Welcome <laughs> home, Karen. I am car man. I don't know how to flower. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm okay. Done. Okay, bye everyone. Good episode. <laughs> 
Oh my god. So yeah, so after he's done flower arranging and you know, hanging up banners, he goes to talk to Dan and Dan doesn't take it well, you know, if his brother just Dan sh- shits all over him. Oh God, Dan blames Keith for everything and like has this whole conspiracy theory that Dan plan or Keith planned everything from Lucas getting on the team to Deb leaving him. <laughs> uh, the dinner, all of it was just a master plan. Yeah, this is the scene I called the pot calling the kettle malicious. Um, because, yeah. Yeah. It's just insanity. Complete it's just insanity. Just trying to be a good big brother. Like, come on. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, after that, then Keith goes and sulks to Deb about his visit to Dan. And yeah, about how he, and then also says about how he's excited about the kiss about Karen and how they kissed before she left and all that fun stuff. And he asks her, you know, cause he's nervous. Can I have a beer? And she's like, okay, have a beer. And then Dan, when we cut back to Dan grilling up those steak and so, uh, before Keith left, there is a look, you hear the, the grill fire up. There's uh-huh. a look on Keith's face that if, that he's considering pushing his little brother's face directly into that lit grill grill for like a hot second. It flashes across his face and I'm like, yes, yes, please do this. Yes. Like, uh, that's all. Anyway, Dan's grilling. Then then beach whore Carrie shows up and she's like, Dan, you don't write, you don't call. And when I come to invite you to free dinner, you've already got dinner ready. And so he invites Beach Whore Carrie to dinner. Carrie, um, this is where I want to know if Carrie is Brooke's mom because she has crazy Brooke Davis like 20 years later vibes. Like, the, I want to know if this is Brooke's mom. Can you confirm her no. I can assure you it is not her mother. Great. But the vibes. No. The vibes are strong. I will say this. You will meet Brooke's mother. Great. One day. Great. I will not say if it's sooner or later. That's fine. I don't need to know. You will meet Brooke Davis's mother. That's fine. And at some point her father as well. Okay. No, but yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that this beach or Carrie, as we are calling her, has no, not... strong Brooke Davis vibes. <laughs> like Brooke <laughs> Davis 20 years later vibes. <laughs> God. Yeah. So, yeah, after Dan invites me to carry to dinner, then uh, we cut to Haley and Nathan, um, because Nathan actually, um, Haley told him, thank you for helping me shoot my free throw, because I passed Jim, and he says, great, now I need you to do me a favor. And so she's helping Nathan look up info on Whitey in the library. And she says, I have to go get something to drink. I'll be right back. So while she's off doing that, then we cut to Lucas and Peyton in same said library sneaking around and making out in the library and they get it caught is, it is the Haley. last place brooke would go to look for any with anyone though you're not wrong <laughs> you're not other wrong. people there right That's again about this <laughs> yeah is, again like so when they were in the hallway surely like they weren't exactly like hiding surely Haley james was not the only person who saw them no, can't be. I mean, it also, Lucas, while everything coming out of his mouth was really shitty and awful, he was really almost insightful. Like, 
when he says it's wrong, which is why it feels deeper or whatever, like it, he at least understands it's wrong. And like that, the excitement might be kind of what is happening, you know? Yeah. Like, and I will say like with all of this in that part, like I don't really blame Peyton for much of this. Like as far as blame goes, I'm going to solely put like 80, 85% on Lucas Eugene Scott. Because yeah. he could have done this from the very beginning. Had he grown a pair of balls when we had that whole cliffhanger in the bedroom where no one got resolved. Right. It's going it's to happen again. So just get ready for me to see results again. It's fine. You know, it's the resolved just, in the bedroom. That's yeah, that is exactly. Yeah. Had he just manned up and been like, no, I want to be with Peyton. It would have been fine, but he didn't. And he made his own bed and now he needs to figure it out. But yeah, they're both in the wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 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 No, I, Lucas is also like, Peyton is trying to do the right thing here. And, but Lucas is very focused on what he wants and the fact that Peyton has already rejected him and already rejected him once. And he basically is like, eh, my booze ego, not going to let that happen again. And now he's just manipulating her into being like, it's so wrong, but it's so right. And I'm just, <laughs> oh. I, and I, anyway. I, will, I don't think it's straight up manipulation. I don't think it's that. A little bit. Tomato, tomato. I think he feels um, something for her. Like, yeah, no, I, I think, think they have a genuine connection. I think he her. definitely wants that. And I think, is he pressuring her a little bit? Yes. Is it straight up manipulation? I don't think I would go that far to say that. I would say it's horny teenager wants what he wants more than he's manipulating this girl to do what he wants her to do. I think I think he's just thinking with the wrong head, you yeah. know? So I, yeah, I think I, it's, you know, which doesn't mean it's not manipulation. I just, he, it, you know, he's just like not really considering any, anyone's feelings. No, no he's thinking about it. He's thinking about himself and that's it. Yeah. 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 So Haley catches them. Ooh, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then Dan and B Tor Carrier hitting it off and they start to ask about wine, you know, cause they want to get drunk Ugh. and, He's trying to find a corkscrew at the beach house and he finds a picture of him and Deb. And then he has second thoughts and he starts to send Carrie home when Deb shows up. But not before Carrie also says, I have a husband, but neither of our spouses are here. And he's right. like, yeah, you're right. And then yeah. Deb walks in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah, and then they argue for a bit, and Deb storms off because she's yeah she doesn't even like really listen to much of it. She's just like, yeah, screw you, Dan. Bye. Yeah, and then he like uh, whispers, "I love you." After the door slams, it's like that. That's the part that needs to, you know, like it wouldn't work. I hope it wouldn't work. That's the part you say out loud when she's still in the room. You know, like yeah. So yeah, so she storms off. Then we get to. Haley storming into Lucas's room and confronting him about Peyton. And then they both have a really lovely argument between each other about how they've become different people. And he throws, you know, the oldest trick in the book with her about, he's still pissed that she's with Nathan and Haley's pissed about what he's doing to Brooke with Peyton. And they pretty much say, I think it's something along the lines of like, 
Um, next time you see me, don't talk to me. And fine, she storms off. Fine. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. one of those. One of those. Yeah. And which yeah. How so how long have Haley and Nathan been together? Like uh, about two months. A couple months. I think. Yeah. Because they started yeah, because they started dating a few I feel like a few weeks before Lucas and Brooke. And Lucas yeah. and Brooke have been together pretty much since Karen left. So it's they've been yeah. together six weeks. So I think Haley and Nathan are probably like two months. Right. So it's like Nathan and Lucas have made their peace. They got kidnapped with each, you know, together and beat each other up a little bit, and they've made their peace. They are generally cool. Yeah. Why yeah, they don't Lucas, like each other, but they're cool with each other. They're fine. They're fine now. They're never going to be like bros, but they're fine. Like, why is he still trying to plant this like betrayal plot? You know, why is he hanging on to this? I don't understand. I yeah. That's all. Because it's the only MO he has against Haley. It really is. You know, <laughs> generally you don't need to hold on to ammo when you're best friends with someone. Lucas. Uh, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I I understand. I see that look, Caitlin. Yeah. I'm, yep. We I see understand. we see the smug look, Caitlin. We're fine. We see it. it. This we is get a it, video honey. call. I can feel it. <laughs> if you I can't feel that, it. viewers, that's the smugness coming off Caitlin's face <laughs> oh, right now. About all of us crashing Lucas Eugene Scott right now. Making no noise and pretending that I don't exist. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Sure, sure. Sure, Jan. Um, Anyway. Then we go to um, Nathan, who then goes to Whitey and pretty much asks him not to retire. And Whitey pretty much says, you know why a coach never gets to 500 games? It's because they always move up. They always move up to a different team, a different league, whatever. And he said, the games that he's coached probably really don't matter. And Nathan completely disagrees and says, you know, the Whitey's made a huge difference with him. And he's sure tons of other kids because this is the point where they figure themselves out. And his coaching career definitely has mattered to so many kids throughout the years that he's coached. Which then we have a little break and then Whitey comes back and he changes his list from 500 games to 600 games. And starts to unpack his stuff again. So Whitey's not retiring. Woo! Yay! Yay. But also, if he was retiring, I think he needs to give more notice than that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would say the school board probably wouldn't be happy that a coach is quitting mid-season. But you know, hey, <laughs> what Whatevskis. I said 500. I feel like Whitey, like, if I were Whitey and I had been coaching for that long, and I had had a team as good as this team is, the first time in 20 years like yeah i wouldn't want to quit mid-season no like holy shit <laughs> like, i i can't imagine doing that just, like full ugh. transparency i feel like this plot line this episode and Haley's whole free throw line plot line was literally just something because they tried to come up with something because they're like well we know what we're doing with the meat of this episode but we have nothing for Whitey and Haley to do. So let's right. find something for them to do. Great. Yeah. Haley has to shoot a free throw and Whitey wants to retire. Great. They're both going to accomplish their goals and Haley's going to shoot the free throw. Whitey's not going to retire. It's fine. Great. Whatever. But they all got something to do. Great. Thank you. That was what was in the writer's room for this episode of One Tree Hill. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you, writer. 
Exactly. So yeah, then after all that, Haley and Nathan are hanging out at her house and she tells Nathan about the fight that she had with Lucas. And Nathan says he finds it weird that their roles have been reversed because, you know, Nathan used to be the jerk and only started dating Haley to get at Lucas. And now Lucas is being the jerk. Yeah. Haley's kind of taken aback. Yeah. Which like then yeah. <laughs> we get another we get a little bit of a montage moment. So next is Dan driving to try to find Deb and he's calling her and he finds her at the cafe and he tries to talk to her and apologize and she says, Nope, I want a divorce. Yeah. Then yeah, good call, Deb. Lucas. Right, good call, Deb. Good call. Great. Like, we didn't know this is where this was headed anyways, but thanks for letting us know officially. Divorce is happening. Great. Uh, Lucas are driving to the airport, and Keith turns right, or turns left on a red arrow. But, so, we get a conversation, though. Lucas basically gives Keith his permission to date his mom and uh, Keith yeah. says that he you know that he loves Lucas and Lucas loves Keith and they're just going to be a family yep. and, nice, and then family. and then Karen's going to walk in with Paolo and things are going to be destroyed that's the uh-huh. end of the episode that's everyone people. thanks that's for people. tuning in <laughs> great, great great that's what that's what Jesse thought literally what actually <laughs> happens though is Keith runs a red light and the car crashes right into the car and right into Lucas, pretty much. Like, oh, it broadsides. T-boned the fuck. Right into all, Lucas. All I wrote was, car accident was unexpected. Usually. <laughs> usually usually they, they aren't. Because the camera angles just project car accidents. You can always tell in a TV show, almost always, because One Tree Hill just blew up my spot. Uh, you can almost always tell when a car accident is about to happen because of the camera angles being used inside the car. So it was truly unexpected. I yeah. did not see it coming. Uh, Neither did Keith, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Lucas and Keith get T-boned lucky for them i guess dan is like literally in that same intersection he's not the one who plowed into them by the way well i was uh, under the and impression he that sees them keith, and keith oh, go ahead. ran keith ran the red light because he saw dan at the intersection and got distracted and went that's how i interpreted that uh, oh and see that i don't think that's what that's it was that's not what happened that no, no, it no was, he didn't see that, dan at all okay yeah that shot oh, was the it? one that Dan was there, oh, but okay. Keith didn't see yeah. Dan. Okay. Yeah, no, Keith Keith ran it because of reasons that we're going to find out very shortly. I know. So, yeah. So, Dan sees the accident, and he starts to call 911, and, of course, those crappy 2003 cell phones have no signal, so he can't get into 911. <laughs> so, what good is that damn flip phone, Dan <laughs> Scott? What good is that damn flip phone, Dan? So literally, Ugh. he pulls Lucas out of the car with quite a bit of force, I will say. Like, yes. probably too much force for that boy to not have, like, a broken neck. There's it's fine. so Whatever. much wrong with how, like, I oh, understand, get so him to the much. hospital. 
But I'm like, no, his head is just flopping. Support his neck. Stabilize it. Stabilize, Stabilize the him. neck. Yeah. Have yeah. someone continue calling 911. I have done enough workplace HR first aid crap yeah. to know you stabilize yes. the neck and head. You don't move <laughs> yeah. an in, you don't move an injured person. You leave no. them there and keep trying 911. Like, yeah. oh, I was so mad. I was yeah. so mad so, about everything. <laughs> But in dramatic fashion, he pulls Lucas from the car, <sighs> drives both Keith and Lucas from to, from the accident to the hospital, and literally cradles Lucas in his arms as he rushes through and almost bashes his Lucas head in on the automatic doors, if you didn't catch that. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, did it. Almost bashes his Lucas's head <laughs> into the automatic door, because it doesn't open quick enough. <laughs> and, yeah. The doctor's like, what happened? What happened? It's, he had a car accident. Well, he's going to need surgery. G- great first minute assessment there, doc. Great. Yeah. yeah. And Dan tells the doctors that they need to do whatever they need to do. And they're like, well, we need permission. Permission. Who, who are you? And he's like, I'm his father. No, you don't need permission at the ER. When it comes to life-saving measures, doctors get to do whatever they want in the ER until they're told not to. Like, you don't need someone's permission to chop into a kid who just got in a car accident. Like, no, you don't need that because while you're trying to locate a guardian, they could fucking die. If a kid comes in and they're all bashed up because they just got hit by a car, they fix them and answer questions later. You know? Like, but Jesse, no. you're missing the one aspect of this. No! The drama! The no! drama! So then we cut to you, Karen, arriving at the airport with... Not an Italian boyfriend. Sorry, no Paolo. Jesse. No, no Paolo. Paolo. And no one's at the airport to greet her, which she finds very odd. Karen's all um, alone. Keith's getting patched up, and the doctor's like, oh, you're going to be fine. But, sir, how much have you had to drink today? Which? Yeah. Yeah. So he calls, Keith calls the airport and pages Karen. And then we cut to Lucas in surgery. And the episode ends with Lucas flatlining. Just. And yeah, my final and note that's the end was. Of the episode. End of the Luke, episode. Lucas can't be dead. Stop fucking with us was the last thing I wrote about this episode. And I and will I say though, like, I was like. Oh, go ahead. The first time, so the first time that I watched the show, it was already like it was the summer before season three was set to start. So uh-huh. the first two seasons were like already out on DVD, and so I knew enough about the show to know that Lucas was probably going to live because there was already you know two and a half seasons that I hadn't seen yet, mm-hmm. and so I was like, but thinking about it, I'm like, this was for people you know who did watch the show on TV from the very beginning, like. This was a very bold move to act like they're going to kill off the lead character. Oh, yeah. 13 episodes in. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I feel like if, if I had watched it, like, in 2003 from day one, I would have been, like, that would have been the moment that I was, like, all right, they're not fucking around. Like, <laughs> right. this is a drama now. We get it. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Was oh, this the mid-season break? Was this before? Nope, I had mid- to look. It was not. It was Did not. they not have a mid-season break? They did, but it was earlier. Um, let me look and see, because I had it. Let me look and see. The break was actually episode nine. Oh. oh. 
Yeah, episode nine was actually the break because it that was broadcast on November eighteenth, and episode ten wasn't broadcast till January. That would make sense because episode nine was uh, when basketball was canceled. Yes, well, and see the mid seat, and that was um, yep. So literally, the mid season break was the bedroom where no one got resolved. That was the cliffhanger. Uh, that was the so, cliffhanger. so when Peyton says I've been standing here forever, it was a fun. She was literally standing there for like two and a half months. Yeah. Great. Two months. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so the, the season break was Deb kicking Dan out of the house and Whitey canceling basketball. Yep. <laughs> All right. Strong. Yep. That was the season break that we didn't even break. cover in that episode because yeah. none of us really. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, overall, I like this episode. It's a fine episode. I mean, obviously, the big thing is the the car crash at the end. That's the big thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's It's, fine. It sets up everything for the next episode. Like it really does. There, we we we've talked about this before, but like we've done a really good job of covering two episodes at a time, like when we record that go together yeah and it just and it like this just like further solidifies like yeah no like this is this is the setup episode getting us ready for everything that's going to happen in the next one yep anything anybody have anything else they want to add to this lovely episode oh boy besides the fact that yay karen's home and she looks great oh karen looks great i'm so glad to see her uh No, I just, I I am starting to tiptoe into the Lucas Scott is a shitty person waiting pool. Um, just, I'm dipping my toes. I'm dipping my toes. I understand now. Um, Wipe that smug look off your face. We know. Yeah. We get it. You know. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, that's all. That, that's what I'm learning okay. here. Great. All right. Well. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to uh, rate the podcast and subscribe to us and follow us on our social media on Instagram and Twitter. It's on Wednesdays pod or send us an email. If you have a question or anything like that on Wednesdays pod at gmail.com. And yeah, we will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.